When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Deal or No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Welcome back to the Challenge USA 2 wrap-up podcast for the finale. I am Brian Cohn. With me, as always, is my co-host, Alex. How are you? Uh, that feels like more of an existential question that I, I won't get into. Um, on an immediate micro level, I am okay. How are you, Brian? <laughs> I'm doing good. We got two new champions to welcome into the, the Challenge winner circle. So we got that to discuss. Yeah, I don't know that we're qualified to be welcoming anyone anywhere, but they are being welcomed probably by the challenge champions. Hey, we've been doing this long enough. We've seen like half the winners at this point. So I think we're we're welcoming them in, welcoming them in as I can't speak. Speaking of how elderly we are, I, I did go back to listen to what our predictions were. Ooh. Do you remember who you thought would win the season last week? Oh, Les, I, for some reason, I thought we like we're like very proactive and made predictions come episode one, but no, we made predictions last week. <laughs> I think I said, I think I said bananas and Michaela. Mm. No, you said bananas and Tori. I oh, said God. bananas and Michaela, but we both said, you know, Chris winning would be great. Uh, but no, we, we were wrong, which, you know, something's right in the world, but we're wrong. Chris and Desi. Well-earned. Yeah. Well-earned. I didn't, the Desi winners arc didn't I didn't see that coming as much um, compared to Chris. Like, I, I mean, I guess just because Chris was just more involved with eliminations and things like that. But like the Desi storyline was more just about her, I guess, wanting to like prove to herself and like gain her self-worth back, which, which I guess triumphs in a victory. But it just didn't it didn't hit the same um, for me, at least with her winning as with Chris winning. Um. You know, this is so irrelevant to begin two minutes into the finale podcast, but I'm going to take the swing. So I've been hosting, hosting is a generous word. I've been showing up once a week to coordinate a vote out of a survivor fantasy football league. And it's run by uh, Alex Chester and Akiva. And it is being taken so seriously that it is incredibly interesting. And like a, a bunch of people are in it. Um, people who listen to this podcast, Mike Bloom, uh, Rob, in name only, people who don't listen to this podcast don't know why I'm showing up there every week to tell them they suck and go home. Anyway, 
a lot of people contribute like confessionals to people who are paying attention to this league. And men will be out here talking for 10 minutes. One of the few women in the league will always be like, oh my God, this is so long and uninteresting. I'm so sorry. I deleted my last one because it was six minutes. I'm trying to make these shorter. No man in the league has ever considered how long their confessionals are or cared at all. And so all of that is to say, like, it maybe hits harder for me that like Desi has had this sort of arc of self-doubt and like, we've sat here, both of us, and said, like, she has no reason to doubt herself. Like, she Mm -hmm. controlled a lot of the strategy this season. She was sort of the linchpin for, like, a lot of the the Secret Garden, which kudos to the Secret Garden. Like, they're vindicated here. They could be Tory. They did be Tory. Good for them. Um, All of them. And so, like, even in the double down, even having that as a metric, which we'll talk about the format of the final, but, like, having something where you have to bet on yourself and her being vindicated in that and getting the advantage, like, I think that plays, while while it was subtle over the season, it's so real in real life that I was just like, yes, Desi, I hope, I'm sure this won't cure any self-doubt, but if for one moment she was like, I deserve this and I belong here, then, like, Mm -hmm. a, a huge triumph for women everywhere. Oh yes, absolutely. Pro women love to see it. Uh, that, that's Desi. not what I'm saying. I mean, I'm not not saying that, but that was not the point of that. No, I know. Well, I, I mean, look, I'm sure in her, like, on her story, of course, for her, like, the triumph is incredible. I'm just saying for the show, the way the show presented Desi's story, she just didn't feel like a main character this season. Like, there just it just felt like this was more the Michaela show. This felt that this was more the Tory show. It even felt this was more like Chanel and Cassie. Like. Desi felt much more like a secondary third character on this season as opposed to like Chris. I'm just like her storyline just didn't like live up to that. And look, I I don't think they could fake it. Like she wasn't in a lot of illuminations. She didn't really come into power all that often. So it would have been obvious, I guess, if they forced her to be more of a a focal point of the season. Um, And Chris, obviously, like he was in four illuminations. He was the house target for a long time. So it made more sense for his kind of story to be more prominent. So it it would have been that's why if, if Michaela would have won, like her arc this season would have just been so magnificent. Like to see this kind of come through, and for for Desi, just she just wasn't as much of a focal point this season. And that's and that's you know really we're the winners because vindication for us. We've we've said that every season. We definitely said it last week. We've said it before. There is no challenge winners at it. Right. Could the entire season could be about how you're supposed to win. And then you lose. And like, that's the beauty of, you know, even in like a a jury vote and obviously like jury votes have not always gone to people like the way that the arc of the story is telling, but like in the challenge, you can control the entire game. You can have the best social game. You could never be an elimination. You could be Josh and like be totally irrelevant to somebody being targeted until the last second. And then it slips away from you or whatever. You can get to the final with all of your allies, exactly how you wanted to do it. Your biggest threat to win can get eliminated unceremoniously and pushed out of your way. Mm-hmm. And then you you make one wrong decision and boom, it slips through your fingers and they're not re-editing it. Like that's it. It might as well be live. <laughs> like, right. No, the, the the big, yeah, like you said, the big difference without like a jury vote, the show doesn't need to edit it to justify the jury's decision as to why someone wins. The reason why someone wins is because in this last episode, Desi and Chris did the best in this portion of the show. They won this challenge. They won this final. That's why they win. They don't have to show that Desi was the mastermind of the season and did all these different things. She won because she won the won the final. And that's all they really need to focus on. They don't need to 
give, you know, any survivor winner edit or anything like that because there's no justification. The justification is they won the final. Boom, they won. Yeah. Uh, one thing, because we did something new this season, you know, we're we're old. We've been around the block, but we're reinventing. We're, we're out here doing new stuff. Um, we both kept, you know, portions of our notes from the beginning in the doc for reference. You, your entire set of notes. Me, just the original teams. I don't even know if I told you I was doing this. But it is interesting because there was a lot of talk when the challenge started about the how like what a hot mess the red team was. And really, we get two members from the original red team and Chanel and mm. Bananas, two members from the original green team and Michaela and Desi, and four from the team that was like the most formidable best team, the blue team. So shout out to the very dominant blue team that uh, put half of their team in the final from the original eight. <laughs> Yeah, very interesting. Kind of looking back, yeah, one of the three captains, obviously Desi was a captain. She made the final. Um, Corey was the, one of the first picks. He made the final. Tori was the second pick. Yeah, it, it is interesting to see kind of the breakdown, how it all shook out by uh, by the teams. Yeah, four members of Team Blue uh, making the final with Chris being the last pick. He was the last guy taken. I think, he, oh no, second last because uh, Luis was uh, the last, but he was in that last group. Pretty crazy. Let's talk about Chris. Well, I guess we could wait. We could talk about the, what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about Chris's arc? Or you want to talk about the format of the final and actually go into it? Let, let's do the format of the final because this is like something we, I feel like we debate every, every time there's a final, which is obviously every season like, what is good? And like, what, are we on a good path towards the finals? And I, I feel like we've had some decent ones recently. Again, I think the one from 38, there was a lot of good to it to stretch that over a hundred hours. But this one, I'm I'm torn because I get what they were going for with like the stages and the they, they love naming categories now, as we'll talk about it in season 39. They love naming things. So like we had the four trials or, or is that season 39? I don't remember now. <laughs> I'm getting all these kind of mixed together. But we had like the four stages of the final all named to what they were doing, all feeding into the grand finale of the final, which they've done very different formation of similar styles as the patch, right? Where here it's like you gain the winner gets a one minute advantage the loser gets a one minute disadvantage they added the cool power up or double down uh so you can get two for two two minute advantage or two minute disadvantage all leading to the last thing other times they've done it where if you win you get points um and then or whoever has the most points at the end wins so this isn't something new all this to say i don't think i like this structure of how it kind of played out but I can't say I blame them because this is something that they've done in the past. So t- taking it just to the part we're talking about, like not what the actual stages were, but the format of you've got four stages and the plus one, minus one, plus two, minus two, double do- down possibility leading into. So for anyone who didn't watch it, right. If you come in first in a station, you get one minute, a one minute head start, which God help my notes. Cause it's like, that's really minus a minute, not plus a minute. Anyway, it's not about my mm-hmm. notes, but you get a one minute head start or, and if you're coming last place, one minute penalty, nooch, if you're in second or third, and that gets times by two, if you elect to use your one time double down that you don't have to use on any of the four stations, then we didn't see any overnight portion. I was like, did I miss this? Did I, was it edited out? Like, was there a challenge? Seemingly, they just went to sleep and then they ran 10 miles with three checkpoints, two of which were optional. And uh, 
if you did the checkpoints, you got an advantage. So given that this is challenge CBS season two and not challenge 39, I understand the desire to have a very clean, Mm -hmm. relatively basic, still incredibly difficult athletically. Like, don't believe me. I would have, I'd be dead. Like I understand, but like a very clean, this is how it's going to work. The challenges are not going to be that difficult. No one's going to be freezing on a mountain, unable to do Sudoku. Like you basically can't time out of the checkpoint. Everything's going to like have a defined end. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get people to the end of the of the challenge. Mission accomplished. Check. Like this was way better by a factor of a thousand than the last season's final. Right. That Ball said, was in I, hell. Ball yeah. was in hell. To, <laughs> yeah, to sure. that, but, yeah. but, but, you know, congratulations for the improvement. Sure. I, I didn't mind this. I think there's a lot of mental gymnastics that we need to do here about like, how much really is a minute? Like something we've complained about here. Take this question one at a time. Something we've complained about here is that you have a full day of activities that amounts to absolutely nothing. And then it all comes down to sort of whatever the last challenge is. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this sort of plus one, minus one, plus two, minus two was enough to justify the events of the first day. So in the positive matter. (laughs) So I I think it did matter. Like I said, I think for someone like Corey, it did matter. Clearly his five minute disadvantage, like it was a lot to overcome. It would have been incredible to overcome to win. And it took other people failing for him to overcome, to get the second. And I think, so first for the positives, I like that this part, like you said, wasn't that strenuous. The worst of it is when they do these things to gain like you, like basically that you like you could run like a marathon and then you gain like a 10 second head start in the next thing. At least here, none of the four stages on day one were, were that grueling. It wasn't that intense. It was just these little little checkpoints, but like these are all things they have done like baked into a final before and they just like broke them out. So None of it was so over the top brutal that it didn't feel worth it to like even try to attempt it just to gain this little advantage. Like it was worth it to do it just to gain the minute or two minute boost that you can get in the more strenuous part of the 10 mile three checkpoint really race. So that to me was a good positive that it wasn't like reverse where like they did these huge strenuous like grueling like it knocks you all out tasks just to gain like a little bit of a boost in like the easier part. So I like, I like that structure for a positive. I agree. And, and I'll throw out another positive. I liked that we knew the impact, right? It's Mm going to be one minute. It's going to be two minutes. We can see how it levels out. A lot of times we just hear it's going to be a big advantage that you'll want to get. And then, like you said, it's like, all right, you're starting two minutes ahead. Like, what well did they get there two minutes ahead you know like why is that Mm -hmm. the decision or they're just starting sooner you don't even know how many minutes it was very trackable i think they got lucky quote unquote that Corey ended up a total of seven minutes behind bananas it's not even just five like you know um so that really impacted him a lot of these if people were more equally matched i guess in these smaller 
checkpoints in the, in stage one, it could have ended up with, it did end up with most people all starting at the same time and really right. just bananas had one minute on everybody else. Chanel was a little bit behind everybody else. And then Corey was extremely behind everyone. Right. And so I think for a negative, I gave a positive so now for a negative. Please. I, I think there should have been boosts and negatives for each spot. I think that like they needed yes. to have more of an impact. I think it clearly should have been if you finish first, you get like a two minute advantage, then a one minute, uh, one minute advantage for second, a one minute disadvantage for third, and a two minute disadvantage for fourth. And then you can still do the double down. I think I, they needed to have more swings in the middle and like more of an impact for winning and losing just to create more gaps. Like they shouldn't have like there was eight people in the final. There were like what, three groups by the time it was also there, maybe four. I think Corey, I guess, was in all his own group, but they should have had more staggering starts because of all the different things that they were doing. So they should have had more of an impact in each of like the winning and the losing uh, factors at the time. I think. I also agree with that. Um, I think having put in our 10,000 hours in challenge watching podcasting and analysis, I'm ready to sort of say, and I'm I'm also willing to fed I said this and change it literally in the next podcast we do next week about the new season. Mm-hmm. Like, I think my, why I much, I enjoyed watching the the pacing the momentum of the second portion of the final more than the first even though i found i thought the first would be more sort of like impactful i was more interested in like who's going to start first is Corey going to be able to make this up like it was interesting to me in that sense but like i really prefer a final that is primarily a long race with multiple checkpoints that doesn't stop even if you if you have to go in tonight you start with the exact same distance you start, you came in with, and we mm-hmm. continue like that. Like, I, I like the ad of optional checkpoints and, and you can get an advantage or you could just keep running and not take the time. Like, that's interesting to me. But I really just want one continuous portion. And if you want to have a spelling test in, in one of the checkpoints, fine, or pause for elimination, fine. But I just think like, the first part while clean and interesting with the time penalties just sucks kind of the momentum of the moment of like that big mm-hmm. final. Totally. I, I think we've kind of said that for a while. It was like, it, it doesn't I'm like, coming out with a new opinion. Okay, Brian. No, no, I don't like, know that. No, but because I think I get what the show wants to do, right? They want to try to create as much suspense for who's going to win for as long as possible and doing these staggering things of uh, different stages, different points, different times. It, it creates the illusion of, Oh my God, who's going to win until the last five to 10 minutes of the episode. And if you did, you know, going back to what they did on like rivals Two, where it was literally just one long race, it was over. Cause you know, Wes and CT were smoking it from the beginning or even like CT and Amber were smoking it the whole way through that. There was no, there was no drama. And I always say like, that's okay to do because in some seasons, yes, you're going to have someone just absolutely smoke a final, but that we could just marvel in them absolutely smoking a final. And then also what could help is if you give second and third place some extra money as well. So that way there's some intrigue to who finishes second, third, but then when the seasons, when it is close finishes, then those are even more fun because, Oh my God, it's like a fight to the finish. And who's going to win. It's actually like really interesting. So I get why they do it to try to create that suspense, but just like, you know, let it go. It's okay. Finals can be a blowout sometimes. It happens in all sports, you know? 
Sometimes the Super Bowl is a really close game, and sometimes the game's over by the second quarter. You can still enjoy the game. It's just not going to be as close. It's not going to be as exciting. But and when the games are really close and exciting, it makes it even more fun. So they just need to like just trust the process and like let things play out, and they can have their exciting finishes no matter what. And I think we're really moving sort of beyond the like there are obvious layups in the final era. I mean, I'd be I'd welcome that sort of circling back as opposed to big block veteran alliances. But we've talked about this all the time, like gone are sort of the days where there's like an easy person you want to call out for an elimination or an obvious Mm -hmm. person you want on the final, even as much as we criticize the women for keeping Tori in the house. It's like, you know, Tori's really good, but then you're still against Desi or you're still against Michaela. So, you know, like it's not like there's one, Sometimes there's one overarching massive threat, but like we're in an era where people were not afraid of bananas as a threat and then they end up being correct. So I do think we can sort of like move back to assuming it won't be just a massive runaway. And to the extent that it is, then I agree. Like how impressive is that? Um, totally agree with everything you're saying. Also, I, I had the same thing. Like when Tori ends, when Corey ends up coming in second, and we can give a quick rundown of how things actually evolved for people who weren't watching the episode. Mm-hmm. But Corey ends up making like an unbelievable come from behind push and comes in second when he really shouldn't have. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for him to have no money, we say this every season, like second place deserves money. The, the yep. free agents model of everyone should get money. If you finish, like imagine how much more heartbreaking Michaela's medevac at the end would have been if like she would have gotten 10 grand for finishing and she has to go like, you know, gets pulled anyway. Like, give us a reason to push to the end when someone like Corey knows he's never going to catch Chris. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I couldn't couldn't agree more. One thousand percent. To give one other positive, you couldn't agree more because you said it first. But right. I'm just well, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I couldn't agree more. Um, <laughs> for another positive, I'm mirroring. Uh, <laughs> well, I think we give deservedly so the challenge a lot of crap and really a lot of reality shows crap when they hide information about what's going to happen what are the twists going to be and they don't let the players know to make the decision I love the fact that they were very clear as to what this final was going to be especially with the first part of the stages where they get to choose where they're going to use their like double down on like, they laid out what the four, what the four trials were where you could pick and choose. And then when they got there, they explain what the rules are for that stage and then make them decide, all right, are you going to use your double down uh, for this one? You're going to save it. I am so appreciative that they finally like, just like tell them the information and let them make their decisions. Yeah. I'm going to, I didn't check for like voiceover or whatever, but yes, I I'm consuming the show. We're being shown. I agree. Crystal clear. The second team to arrive at the second checkpoint is going to be eliminated immediately. That's not going to be a surprise to you. Like that was so, I actually forgot then. So I was still surprised they're eliminated, but like that was, I agree. It's just, again, proof of what we've been saying. We're the real winners this whole time. Mm -hmm. Giving everybody appropriate information does not diminish enjoyment of the show. I I do hope that that's going to be just kind of the future approach of the challenge because, you know, we're going to talk about um, episode zero on a separate podcast coming soon of challenge season 39, but they gave us more information about the format. Still not a lot of information, but more information on the format than we've gotten in a long time in advance of the season. So I would love for that to continue both for the players and for the audience. Yeah. Again, I couldn't agree more because I said it. 
one other positive, probably my biggest positive the whole season is I absolutely loved TJ's orange shirt. And that is like my dream aesthetic. And I want that. Like if somebody could tell me, I mean, it's probably like a thousand dollar shirt. So I'm not going to buy a thousand dollar men's shirt, but I would like to wear that shirt. Just putting manifesting. Well, maybe TJ will FaceTime you with all the information. (laughs) Bananas will grab the phone and that'll get awkward. (laughs) Anyway, that's a spoiler alert for episode zero. Uh, can I ask you, you mentioned that uh, the challenge loves to categorize. So the category strength, smart, skill, and steel stomach, which I thought was going to be a pun and they were going to like have to like steal food or something. And it wasn't. Mm. It's just like stomach of steel. Um, I, what was the season? And this could be rhetorical because I wouldn't know the sure. answer if you asked me. When they like started classifying like this challenge is 30% like perseverance, like 10% luck and like. 60 percent running i, I think yeah. that was um i think that was the world championships uh okay so it's not the season in the that, the, the, it's, you don't remember because it's the season we blatantly forgot when this was this or the challenge with rob the last time we talked to him oh wait till you see my quality of research for the preview <laughs> for 39 yeah so like the one thing about the challenge is they could really, maybe it's too late, but they could have really developed some like great branding around like five principles when they want to like pull these things out. But like, we've never heard them use. I mean, I think skill has been used, but like mm-hmm. kudos to RuPaul's Drag Race, who's always been doing uh, charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent. Like challenge will come out and be like, everybody knows the four pillars of being a challenge <laughs> championship are the four S's that I just told you for the first time. And everyone nods like, yeah, that's totally real. Yeah. Uh, like I, what, what do, are these the four? I don't think these are like the four pillars of a challenge champion. No, it's giving the, uh, the Rob meme of uh, since when? Like this has never been like a thing. I mean, I I, I guess you like I said in some categories, like sure, strength, smarts. I mean, I guess if you were like thinking, all right, if you could come up with like four key things to win a final, you'd be like, I guess you probably need like strength. You're probably gonna need some smarts for a puzzle. You need to like eat stuff. And there's always some like carnival games involved. So sure, skills. Like I think those are make sense. But like to categorize them, you know, and technically the five S's is is certainly not something we've known before. I would consider all of these skills, though. Right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> These are the four skills you need to be a challenge champion. Strength, smart, steel stomach, and skills. It's like the dodge, dodgeball. Yeah. <laughs> Dick yep. and dive, dodge. Yep. Anyway, but like, fine. We love the structure. We love the organization. Again, ma- massive improvement on season one. The, maybe, well, like, maybe there's like a new producer who was like OCD or something like that and just needs to like bucket all these different categories like very cleanly and pocketly so they can map it out. Well, I don't know. I think we speculated last season, though, obviously I can't recall um, if like this is a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if we did in the podcast. Like, does the, it, what, did the challenge CBS ben, or USA on CBS benefit from what a bung, bungle, bungle, bungle? Oh, my God, I'm you. What a botch. The, what the curveball of me, Jesus. <laughs> Catching strays. Yeah. Catching strays. Yeah. So, uh, uh, like, uh, what a botch the final was because, like, everybody was talking about it. Like, here's the thing this was overall, like, if we were in podcasters and so annoying, if we were just watching this, we'd be like, oh, good final. And we turn it off and go about our lives and, like, go to right. sleep and be like, great. 
no one's going to be like giving this press. This isn't like almost you have more success. All of the producers, the Broadway show, you have more success with a flop of last season than you do with like a very passable final with two deserving winners. Right. It's the, it's the no press is bad press or bad press is no press. I don't know. But like, yeah, no one is no TMDs. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> you want to apologize for being so offended? <laughs> There's going to be no TMZ article about Chris and Desi winning a very basic challenge final. Like there were, um, I'm sure Not there was basic. TMZ articles last season. It was pretty basic, but yeah. But there's no, no there's we no uproar. There was no thought after watching this episode, like the brief thought I had last time of like, should we like do this podcast live? Because I think people are like very angry, and we need to like just go on the air and let people vent. But no one's gonna be like super upset watching this this uh, final play out. Uh, let's run through the the activities <laughs> at, at camp final. Um, strength. I w- I was pretty like okay, this is gonna be fine. We've got weighted. We've got weighted. Uh, I was going to say barrels, weighted boxes that we have to drag on sleds, what some people do in CrossFit, I'm sure. And like, okay, that's strength. That's the final. That makes sense to me. Nothing crazy. Smarts offended me to my core. The So you didn't like incorporating a spelling. But did they, did they do a spelling? They did trivia this season. And I think they did some spelling in it. So I guess they really just want to do a fun little spelling bee. Uh, mix him to this we've seen spelling in terms of like you know pseudo crossword puzzles that like you know they have to like get tiles and like arrange them we've seen like unscrambling kind of thing fine decoding okay um if someone asks you to spell something in a trivia challenge fine but like they basically heard you like the general you complaining about like oh you didn't like math equations well, how about I ask all five of you to, or all eight of you to spell five words that frankly, I don't even know how to spell. Like I'm with Corey who spells nowadays, like amen, Corey, but like nothing was less compelling or relevant to me than watching adults spell five words in what is supposed to be the, the biggest athletic reality competition in the history of the world. This is not a puzzle. This is not even math. Like I, I was offended. At least it was more smarts than the, whatever the travesty of the puzzle that they did at the, at the hall brawl. Like at least there was like some thinking involved, not just like guessing a number and back and forth. So at least there was that. And there was a very funny uh, Corey spelling with the uh, elegancy or whatever the whatever word he spelt wrong. That was like oh, Italian. Venegance instead of yeah. ven- vengeance. I thought you were going to say smushing instead of schmoozing, which I appreciated also. So did you, because I, I was actually very proud of myself in my notes. I spelled each word correctly on the first time typing it. I was very, very yeah. proud. I went five for five. I did not spell schmoozing correctly. I smelt, spelt it like Chris and I forgot the C, ironically, because all I do is schmooze. Mm. I also spelled vengeance wrong. I would spell it wrong to this day. Like I did not know it was vengeance. Um, and then ascending, I don't know because I saw them on the board before I wrote it down. But I, I'm going to be honest. I might have spelled mm-hmm. it wrong. I'm a terrible speller. And maybe that's why I resent this being part of the competition. But so, I'm bad at math, too. I would just rather a puzzle. Like, give us a Tangram puzzle, even. Right. I think they were so afraid of the Sudoku issue from last season that they were like, yeah. we've got to just get something that, like, even if they all went 0 for 5, we could move on. Absolutely. I think there was a lot of... Uh 
there was there was definitely some scars from last season about how things played <laughs> out. I think they wanted to make sure they started early, give them a lot of time during the day, and so for their production delays, they didn't want anything to go super long. They you know made sure it was nice weather. <laughs> Maybe they would have like delayed it a day if it was bad weather. Only people freezing out there. So I think there was a lot of like we have to swing back the other way after the chaos from last season for sure. I have the I have the uh, Nickelback meme. Look at this graph stuck in my head. <laughs> I'd rather them do a pre- I'd rather them present a graph anyway. Um, yeah, poor Corey, but like justice for Corey here. I respect it um, because then to me it's like, well, what's the difference between skill and smart? <laughs> so is is being smart a skill? I think that would be a skill, but I don't think having a skill is being smart. So I think but even smart. the assessment, like the puzzle, like that puzzle being, you know, okay. So they basically had a connect fork puzzle where they had to put puzzle pieces in a grid such that none of the black pieces or the white pieces were four in a row. That's smart. Yeah. And what's interesting is like there was clearly more than one correct answer because people that people were coming up with different, different boards and being right. Like there wasn't just one, um, one correct thing so that was interesting to see a puzzle with more than one answer i feel like skill to me is more what blew up in olivia's face literally of like Mm -hmm. a slingshot to a target or like uh you know the axe throwing thing yeah i'm a hater that's okay again overall my overall the, the gloss on all of this is like i thought it was very passable to good but now that i'm here with a freaking headset with a microphone on like now i've got some complaints mm-hmm. what'd you make of everyone's double down uh decisions obviously Corey did it right off the bat i think he was the only one to do it in the strength portion and obviously lost because he incredibly lose lost every single stage i mean just <laughs> incredible um <laughs> And then we had a few people do the uh, double down for uh, spell over uh, the smarts one. Desi and Chris did it there. Um, for the skills one, Tori Bananas and Michaela. And then no one did it for the steel stomach portion. Yeah, a few. So I think Chanel and Fessel did not use it at all. Is that correct? Uh, they did not. Is that it? Um, I think that's it. Yeah, just um, two. So I found it interesting. One, I was very surprised that only Corey used it for strength. I was, I, I thought that was the right move for him. Then obviously he flops, but like, I thought like of the four possibilities that was going to be his best shot. I think using it for spelling is interesting because that's the only one where you could all really tie. So like, I don't know if it would have been who turns their board around first, but I thought that was also like a smart move. If you're confident that you can get all five, even if, somebody else does like mm-hmm. you're putting yourself in a good position what was fascinating to me and what i need to hear you defend i hope you brought your briefcase and your tie and your lawyer oh is like how could bananas possibly think it was appropriate for him to use it on a puzzle it's a great question um i, I don't have a defense i mean <laughs> he's always been the one to say like this is his this is his weak point. You would think because he's done so many finals and he clearly had like a good strategy of the eating portion, I thought he would do the eating portion. Like this is where of all the things you do in a final, I think having the experience 
gains you the most boost in this one, the eating thing, because you've done it before. You know what it's like. You know whatever trick you need to do to get you through it. So I would have thought this would be the spot that uh, he would be able to to do it, because I think he's also done this pretty well in the past anyway. So I thought he was going to do his double down here. Definitely not in any sort of the puzzling stuff. I don't know if he got caught up in like Chris was on Survivor and he hasn't seen Survivor since they stopped doing gross eating or like because Fessel has notoriously been terrible, which TJ acknowledges. He's like very good improvement from Fessel. Like Fessel's been bad at the eating. And then you're just in a race between Chris, who is probably never eating anything close to this and Corey. So like when he used it on the puzzle, I was like, really, when you still have eating? Um, so that was my biggest, I think, reaction to to the doubles down, du- doubles down, double downs. <laughs> I guess my other negative is, I feel like you should have had to use it. I think not using it shouldn't be allowed. You should have had to pick one of the four to do it. You shouldn't be able to opt out. That's interesting. I didn't hate. I considered that. I don't. I would be fine if they enforced it. I'm kind of fine either way because that's a risk in itself, right? Like making the choice not to use it just keeps you at one and doesn't like, you know, incentivize you to like take a shot. And in that case, maybe it's funny that Corey used it when everybody was equal at zero before he kind of saw how things played out. Right. I like, I like having the choice. I think that it would have been maybe more effective if, as you were saying, if there were points for all four placements, Yep. Then the double down is modified such that you can't just be like safe when you use it. And then you you have to use it. Like maybe then it, that becomes more interesting. Like I, I thought it was a good first attempt. At, and then there's like a lot of improvements and room to grow with this kind of concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I like the idea of anytime you can incorporate decision-making in a final, uh, I'm all, I'm all for it. Rather than you know getting to the last stage of like choosing to do this, the uh, checkpoints as well. Um, big fan of decision making in a final. Love it. Um, and, and and to that end, like I think the order of events with the steel stomach eating being the last one, and everything again being open, and like people, TJ constantly reminding people of the standings between each checkpoint. I think it's good. We didn't see it pay off, but in theory, the steel stomach is the one that you can brute force who wants it the most, the easiest. Like someone could be stronger and faster than you. You could just not be good at the puzzle or spelling, but anybody could just throw something in their mouth and eat it if they want to. So Mm -hmm. I thought like, wow, that puts real stakes on the eating thing, particularly for Corey. And I have to say like, boo to Corey for at this portion for like, not kind of, you know, he wants it so bad. He wants it. We see him with the picture of his kids. Like he wants this so bad and he still loses the, like who wants it the most challenge of the eating mm-hmm. challenge. It's, you know, it's funny. Like we gave him, we, we both agreed it was probably the smart move to do his double down um, in strength, but it really didn't matter when he did it because it's, it's unbelievable that he lost all four stages individually. Like that is, that's wild to lose all four of them. Um, but, <laughs> It's crazy. I mean, threat level has to be reduced, right? Like Chris uh, calling out Corey is like the biggest threat. I mean, he does end up overcoming right. both Fessel and Bananas. So maybe his threat level is huge <laughs> or should be huge. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's playing some type of long game, I guess, but it's not a great game. 
Well, that's also what's interesting about certain final competitors, right? Like in a certain final, Corey would be absolutely deadly. And in a certain final, Corey would be dead last in every single heat. And so like. We got both. That. Yeah, or you have both, but like it's like someone like Devitt. Like there are certain com- competitors who like have to catch everything exactly the right way, and then there are some more sort of like all around people who are maybe not the best in any one thing, but I would bet on them every time, just like on the like on the odds, which is more mm-hmm. like bananas. Although we have to discuss what's going on with him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the two outside of obviously the stories of the two winners, I think the two interesting actually they all kind of were interesting but two of the more interesting results were two of the best with bananas and tori for that matter i mean tori redeems herself in the back end of the couple of the stages but this was an odd showing from tori like she i i'm definitely one thing i would definitely want to like ask her in the exit interview was like she had such a fierce desire to like get the win and she finally got it and i wonder if that like if she lost her edge a little bit she like don't ask like, it like that, Brian. Not like that. Not like that. I'll, I'll phrase it more. I'll, I'll Did you stop trying when you won? Are you said are you satisfied with one no, but shitty like, win? No, but it's kind of true <laughs> in the sense of like when things were going poorly here, she was more like just like joking it off, laughing it off. She like, I know you like want to keep yourself in a good spirit, but this is what we saw for with bananas in his in the final with Nani. And like he's is able to do that because he's done like forty thousand of these and he's had like a thousand wins. So he is able to have more of a laissez faire approach and it's more understandable. And it was just more interesting to see for Tori, who finally got her first win. It was great to see. And then she kind of it, it it just seemed like she backed off a little bit. She it didn't seem like she had that like I need this like more than I need like air to breathe. Like even for Corey, like Corey didn't do that well, but you could feel his passion of like wanting it so bad. I just didn't it didn't come across that way for Tori in this final. Tori's coming off a very short turnaround and bananas, right? From that last season. Is that correct? In terms of the filming? I would, I, I feel guess. like someone said that like no one had seen the season. They like went almost right away to film this. I mean, sure. I, I, mean, I imagine they're probably unverified claims, yeah, un- uh, yeah. but, but, but like, I would be curious to ask her, like, certainly that's possible. I would be curious to ask her if, like, do the challenge proper vets look at these, you know, be it All-Stars or in Tori's case, the U.S., the CBS, U.S. versions, do they look at them through a different lens? Is there different prestige in, in winning a challenge proper season versus mm. this type of season? Like, is that you know, off the bat on the heels of winning her first like challenge proper season. Does she view uh, like, does she take a more chill approach to a season like this? And then maybe she'll be like, no, it's just cause I won and now I don't care. <laughs> no, but I would be curious generally. Fair. I mean, it's both questions. Like I am curious if they're sort of like, you know, when Fessel and Tori get eliminated, they're like, thanks for all your help this season, you know, good game. And you know, my maybe they get paid more to be on this up front by CBS as like limited vets returning. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. So, uh, yeah, I mean, then in the station two, which we've already, I mean, sorry, in, in the next segment, which we mostly talked about. I mean, I think again, the I think the scale one I preferred of the two checkpoints. The first checkpoint being five acts throwing, you know, if you've gone to a bar in Brooklyn, you have an edge like five 
mm-hmm. attempts at throwing an axe on a target just to make it stick into the target. Like you didn't have to hit any certain amount of points or anything. And that cut you like 1.2 miles off the 10 mile run. The second checkpoint being you had to sort of by sight uh, balance out a large scale. And it didn't have to be even as shown by Chris. Like I thought Chris didn't do it. And they were like, you've done it. It just had to sort of suspend. And then uh, that cut you another mile and you could drive an ATV. I I preferred, I think, the rock scale that felt like more skill than just like throwing an arrow at a, a I give up. No, I, I agree. I mean, <laughs> the rock scale was interesting. It was funny because the first time um, I think Chris did it first and when he like let go, the scales kind of moved a little bit. So I thought he was wrong. But then I saw Bananas do it and he was way wrong. And I got to see what actually being wrong looks like because a couple other people, they were like perfectly balanced. And it seemed like Chris was like sort of balanced, but like not I mean, was it like perfectly even. But I guess like it was just can't let one of them hit the ground and that was like the uh the baseline of completing it so that was interesting yeah no that's what i was saying like i i didn't uh i didn't quite understand i thought chris yeah. also got it wrong but um desi nailed it and, and Corey, to his credit yeah. dead on <laughs> good yeah. for them <laughs> at first i was like why don't you just like put in like one rock on each and that'll be you know balance it out but then i realized oh you have to actually just you have to use all the rocks that makes that makes <laughs> that makes more sense <laughs> Very, maybe the most interesting thing uh, that to come out of this season that, again, I'm sure I'll forget when I say Fessel's like an incredible threat in the final. Fessel pulls uh, a Natalie and goes the wrong way and takes mm-hmm. the shortcut, even though his axe did not stick in the target, which incredible hubris from Fessel when he's like, I'm hitting it and it's just not staying in it. Well, that's what axe throwing is. It's not just hitting the wall. It's hitting it with the right axe. That would be me at the bar. That is the whole thing. That's the beer pug of like, oh, is there any beer in those cups? These these cups are perfect. Yeah. If you hear me screaming at a bar in Brooklyn that my axe is hitting the wall and just not going in, no, you didn't. (laughs) I very much relate to Vessel. So he takes the wrong turn. He shows up at the second checkpoint and TJ's like, sorry, you took an undeserved shortcut so now you have to take an extra mile and go back and then come back then he ends up getting eliminated we don't know if it's as a direct result of this because who knows if he didn't take the shortcut if he would have lost you know i i can't really say i'm sure he'll be saying that but that's the case that like a stupid technicality is once again the reason he didn't get to win the final Mm -hmm. that said should mtv tell him like hey you're going no, you're going the wrong way, or do you like this kind of blowing up in his face as a penalty? I mean, it is very funny that this happened, so it's hard for me to say, like, I don't want this to happen, because it is very funny, but it is kind of silly, like, just guide them where to run, like, they're, you know, there's all these different signs. I think even, like, when so- I think when Chris started going, he was like, is this the way? I think I heard him say, like, am I supposed to go this way? Like, I mean, I guess if they ask, maybe you're allowed to tell them. And if they don't ask, you're like, just let them do what they're going to do. So I, I I don't know. It's it's a little, I do kind of feel bad, but also it is kind of funny. Yeah, I think like I'd have, from what we saw, the edit of the show, Bozo moved like 
even Fessel kind of takes responsibility of like, I'm in a fog. I just went, whatever. It's probably the way he saw everybody else going because he missed it. Um, if I was there, like, and it was poorly marked and like someone should be guiding these people. But uh, I'm only annoyed because, again, it's going to be another like technicality that Fessel is going to be like, I am basically a challenge champion who just like has narrowly missed the win. I, I do think Chris would have beaten Fessel regardless. Oh, I don't think he was going to win, but I, I, I think a case could be made. He wasn't going to be um, last and been eliminated, but it didn't seem like he was kind of like they, he like, it was funny because when he was, they, you know, another good positive, I did like the uh, Mario Kart map that they would pop yes. up once in a while to kind of show everyone was. And at one point um, after this, in the middle of the stage, like Fessel like passed bananas. And I was like, how the, is he that, like that much yep. faster than him? Like, how is that possible? So it didn't make a lot of, it, it, then it clicked like, oh, he just went the checkpoint route and he wasn't allowed. So it, at least that, uh, that, that checked out. I was like, what was happening? Yeah, um, I agree. I had the same thought. I was ready to be like, wow, Fessel is like the best athlete in the history of the world. And then yeah, or like, like wow, yeah, Bananas really is but, old. Yeah, yeah. Bananas is old and slow. This is crazy. Um, so, Tori, d- did you like that we didn't see the hopper? Or what did you make of the fact that oh, we yeah, just kind of got like a, a strict elimination? You got you done. Yeah, very interesting um, that we didn't get the hopper at all. Um, you know, keep us guessing. You usually like, we think the format of this of the show comes back to play in the final. Um, look, I'm I'm kind of saying okay that they didn't bring it back because the hopper is kind of built on randomness, and ideally you kind of keep randomness out of a final unless it was just like randomness that was got to sort itself out like no matter what, and it was just determining like the order of something. So I'm I'm kind of okay that the hopper uh, didn't pop up here. Right, like that is a way it could have popped up. Is like you get a certain amount of ball like it like yeah the hopper could have determined the start order for day two and instead of plus one minus one minutes it could have been like add a ball take a ball away like eligibility of the order you start whatever i'm sure i would have been complaining about that um i also like kind of i mean i like an elimination in the middle of the final don't get me wrong i don't want them to get rid of that forever but in terms of the momentum aspect i like that it was just like this is where you'll be. You'll lose if you get there last. You got there last. You done. There's a whiteboard. TJ's not even there, mm-hmm. and that's it. Like that was cool to me. And now, whoop, moving on to the next stage. Yeah, TJ not even being there and just being like an away message of being like, yeah, go home. <laughs> it's pretty brutal. It's just lyrics to closing time. And <laughs> <Right. laughs> they wrote it in like, uh, you know. Uh, text matches like words like see you <laughs> oh, like later with the eight or something would be funny prayer emoji number mm-hmm. two letter c letter u <laughs> nvr <laughs> take care hope to see you number and then like list like do the initials of like each of their two or three best friends in the house <laughs> um station three could sort of miss me like whatever um for people who didn't watch they had to stack cinder blocks in the order players were eliminated i think it could have been interesting it could have been a nice equalizer its strength and its memory but chris just annihilates it so it doesn't yeah. really matter um the I, thing, I, oh, go ahead. the one thing i, I was gonna say the one thing i liked was because i was curious how they were going to do the uh, weeks with the double elimination and i like how they just put both the names on there because I was curious, like, are they going to make them remember, like, whose heat was first for an elimination? <laughs> but they're like, no, nah, just put it both up there. Um, 
similar to the Fessel fake overtaking bananas, uh, am I to believe, and I'll believe it, that Corey passed bananas? So bananas finishes that checkpoint first, correct? Mm -hmm. And then they get on it. He finished the scale thing, but was wrong. I think Corey passed him in the ATV. Like, I think he got to the stage three uh, before bananas there. Oh, bananas didn't drive the ATV. Okay. Yeah. I, I've, that's the part I forgot. I like Fessel forgot that I didn't get the shortcut. Okay. Cause I was like, Corey makes some comment that he's like, bananas doesn't have an ATV. And oh my God, I shouldn't be saying this. I should just move on, but I'm saying it because it's like, like, I thought Corey overtook bananas when they were both on ATVs because Corey was like, well, bananas doesn't have an ATV. And I was like, is Corey saying he's more used to driving ATVs because <laughs> he owns an ATV? Like, I was like, this is so crazy because it didn't happen. Anyway, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about bananas. Like, let's bananas comes in third out of three. Corey, uh, it's Chris, then Corey, then Desi, then bananas. And Bananas trots up and is like, I'm not as young as I used to be. Like, is this a fluke? Is this confirmation that Bananas isn't the same threat he once was? What do we make? Where does this put us in the Bananas storyline overall? So I think it's twofold. First, yeah, so I think twofold. First, it was very surprising to hear him kind of give himself like self-congratulations for just like making it to the final. It was like very much like a moral victory, which I would think for him at this point, like he's only doing this just to win. So just to hear him talk about like a moral victory was kind of surprising, but he did kind of show his prowess in the first part. Like he won, like he was the first one out to start day two. So he definitely wasn't like a layup or like an easy beat that people were talking about him being in a final. He won the, the first four trials of the of the day. So he was ahead of it. And, you know, he screwed up the puzzle. He, just like he screwed up the puzzle or the puzzle and mental type thing. You know, he had like a big flame out with Nani in that final screwing up a puzzle. Here he screwed up the, the measuring of the rocks, which was by far the most important part of this of this final. And he screwed that up massively. And it sunk him. Like if he finishes that correctly, I know this is obviously a big if, but if he does that correctly, who knows? Maybe he's pushing Chris. Maybe Chris feels the heat. Someone's closing in on him. Maybe that last stage doesn't go as well. I don't know. But, you know, since he screwed that up so badly, you know, he had no chance. Yeah. Bananas did start the day first, just a minute ahead of Chris and everybody else. My impression. uh, Now he, and then, and then he caught some lucky breaks. Like he got the ax on the first try. I feel like Chris probably can outrun bananas was my general impression of this final. But yeah, maybe I think the edit of him being like his threat being so downplayed and then he comes in third is probably overblown when you expertly sort of lay out that it really fell apart for him uh, in in the scales and not having that advantage. Ooh, expertly expertly laid out. like that adjective or adverb. An adverb? Because it ends in L-Y? Just don't ask me to spell it. (laughs) Um... And then uh, kudos to first kudos to Chris. Absolutely. And then kudos to Desi again, who Desi be bananas. And then Chanel coming in second place. Kudos to Chanel. I've been tough on Chanel all season. She shows up in the final. She finishes it. She comes in second. She beats Michaela and Tori, who are extremely Mm -hmm. formidable opponents. 
cannot take anything away from Chanel, her first season, no. uh, making that final, coming in second. Michaela kind of unceremoniously medevaced, right? Like not a lot of time spent yeah. on Michaela suffering. She just kind of goes down. And that was kind of to me like the biggest low light of how this final was structured because again, how much of a big presence Michaela was, especially in the back half of the season. Like she was the star, I would say, of this of maybe you could even say of the season in general. And just to see like the last scene of her just you know, gassing out, like having uh, uh, medical issues and just being removed and then no like last confessional with her or, or anything. It just, it, when the episode ended, I was like, wait, like where's Michaela? Like, the, like, is she just, I guess she's just gone. Like it didn't even seem like they were like fully pulling her. They were just like checking on her. And then all of a sudden we just never hear from her again. And that was, that was a big bummer to like, not get like the closing arc for Michaela because again, like she, like if she wins this final, this is like Michaela's season, like start to finish, like absolutely. And just to not have her story really end was it, it felt unsatisfactory. Yeah, I'll agree. I also just taking a step back to sort of where Kayla's down. Michaela, Kayla, who's muffin? Um, <laughs> Michaela's downfall of like also at the scale. Desi mm. tells us in the confessional that they've been running this final more or less together. They've been sort of work. We didn't see that really, but I think she says like, we've been supporting each other and whatever. And they get to the scales together, but there's only one of two available scales, which I love when I was at the ax, when I was there, when I saw the ax throwing, I was like, I wish they only had like four stations for eight people. And it was more of a real, like, do I wait here versus go, which I think we've seen before. Um, at least in reality television. The scales, they only had two. And Desi, kudos to Desi, mm -hmm. steps up and just starts going. No discussion, no hesitation, doesn't risk it. It's just like, oh, I'm here. And Michaela's like, I guess you're going to go. Should yeah, there it. have been a better mechanism? Like, should it have been the first to arrive? Or is it just like, kill or be killed? No, I love that. Yeah. So make the decision. Like, this is an individual game. You're not doing this as pairs. You're not doing this as a team. If you get there at the same time, someone needs to just own it and, you know, figure it out amongst yourselves or, you know, something else needs to happen. But I love that Desi was just like, no, I'm going to do it. And Michaela made the choice of I'm just going to run. She could have waited. Like, clearly, if she just waited and did the and tried to replicate what Desi did, that would have been the right decision. And she made the executive decision of like, I feel like I could just do this better by running rather than waiting. And it was wrong. I, I love again. I love the decision making that people had to make. I thought at first when Kayla, Michaela did that, it was the right decision because I believe it was only a mile in the ATV. And yep. if you, if you run, I don't know, these people are athletes like, but they've already run a miles. If they run, even if it's like a 15 minute mile, I, I have no idea. I don't run, but, um, really probably quicker than that. But I guess at that point, maybe they are. But I'm saying tired. even if I'm, even if I'm giving them like the, the biggest, I, it seemed to take, not a small amount of time to do the scales and you're going to be standing there while they reset the scales, not only until she Desi right. does it, but then when they reset it, uh, production has to come in and whatever. And then if you get it wrong, that's catastrophic and you only get one chance and you don't know how hard it is. So like in all of that calculus, let me just run this mile and like, I'll see you on the flip side. It ends up being the wrong decision because both Desi and Chanel successfully do the scale, pass her on the ATV. And I think what was 
underappreciated, at least by me, in considering the advantage at first is like, not only are you skipping a mile, but you're sitting for that period of time and not having to run. And mm-hmm. I do think the extra mile caught up with her. I think it's also possible she still would have gassed out or come in third if her body was already at the brink, like it seemed to have been, but it definitely didn't help. No, it definitely didn't help. Um, but yeah, a huge, huge, huge advantage for this one. Almost, almost too much. Like the way it kind of played out, like, is it like, if you don't get this one, right, like you're just screwed at least the other one. I mean, I guess theoretically you could have come back. You know, I mean, it seemed like both advantages were, were pretty big. Um, so you know what? Actually, that's fine with because you know what? you should be able to do the checkpoints. But it, it it did suck for Michaela that this kind of panned out the way it did. I thought they did a really good job doing the calculus. Like even in the in the axe one, it's like all right, it's one point two miles early on. So I figured that's like maybe eight to twelve minutes, depending on who you are, how you're running, whatever. And then uh, it takes time to throw all five axes. Again, if you, it's totally random chance. If you lose, you're screwed. So like, I I thought they did just such a good job. Like, even if it ended up being such a big advantage, I think having not seen it, you'd arrive at that checkpoint and it would be reasonable to skip and reasonable to try. And I think that's like the perfect goal. It wasn't just a, I mean, everyone did try every checkpoint, but I don't, besides Michaela, because she got there when it was full but I don't think it would have been insane for somebody to have just been like, forget it. I'm going to run. I'm an endurance person. I'm going for it. Yep. Totally. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, okay. Chris winning. Uh, I just want to say with Chris, what I, what I'm so excited for in Chris's future, the challenge, if he keeps doing this, I don't know what his intentions are. I'm sure you'll ask him tomorrow in your interview. Um, is like he has, you know, he keeps saying like everyone thinks I'm an undeserving survivor winner and now like I deserve it. I I proved it myself. In a way, it went exactly as it went on Survivor. (laughs) I think people are just more willing to appreciate a physically dominant challenge game, even if you don't have any alliances or social game. (laughs) So what's so exciting to me about someone like Chris is he's got sort of like, the ability of Jordan, not at the Jordan level, but like throw me in five times, I'll send your best guys home and then I'll win the challenge. I'll, I'll win the final, like an unbelievable physical force, but he's not so unlikable or so interested in remaining unlikable or, or without allies like Jordan. So I think he's, he's more like on the West side of somebody who's unbelievably physical, but is social enough to maybe be redeemed and come through in like the social game aspect. I know we talked about whether you could mm-hmm. kind of learn that, but I'm really just excited to see Chris come back, hopefully another season and like ease into the social game more and really sort of flex those muscles on his third outing in a social game. Yeah. I see no reason why when, if and when Chris comes back to another season, he's as much of an outcast as he was this season. I, I, he is seemingly pretty likable. Now he definitely won't be seen as, you know, uh, a physical liability to a team or like a layup that people want to just toss in. Um, and he's also, even though he's just one, he's not like such a huge physical threat that it's like, Oh my God, we have to get Chris out. Like, or we, we, it's like, he's like the CT level or anything like that. So I think he's in a good spot where 
if when he comes back, he should have like a good core of allies, especially if people from this season come back that, you know, that he can now work with on, on a later season. So uh, I think Chris 3.0 might actually be able to play a more social strategic game. And it'll be, I mean, it, it's not crazy to say that he probably won't win that because he's just, it's hard to win again, but it would be pretty funny if he's like able to play more of the game he wants to play. And like, that's the season he doesn't win uh, considering he's able to win these two seasons. Like you said, that is much more of uh, based off his, his physical ability. Well, that's, what's funny is like, maybe I'm overstating it and God forbid I call him the future of the challenge, but in a time where in the same season where a massive hole is left by Wes, I'm pointing to Chris and saying, now it's your time. Because and Chris has some similar home op, personal obligations that Wes has. So, like, I don't know how much Chris wants to make this his life, but like, Chris has it. Chris has the ability to be a Jordan or a Wes or a CT, I think. I think he would be insane. I don't know about the like strategy part that Wes has, but like, with that, a lot of that comes with experience. So, he's going to get a lot more experience. He got a huge lesson in like being on the bottom this up this season which i think is an extremely helpful position to understand and like i think it would be a huge miss for the next people he's on a season with to not view him as a huge dominant physical threat both in the eliminations and now in the final which it's hard to be both like i'm so high on chris's chances after this final like I'm I'm probably too high on it. We'll probably never see him on the show again. But <laughs> I'm like TJ. Have you? When's the last time you saw TJ so excited for somebody yeah. at the end of the final? Like I feel how TJ felt. Yeah, My he was guy. Jazzed. He was jazzed. <laughs> he he was super pumped for Chris. He he loves the one that's like you know do the eliminations, do a lot of physical work, really prove himself as the other dog. Uh, you know, T, that's uh, TJ's guy for sure. Well, it's also because TJ gets to see that game. TJ doesn't see like the house voting, sure. the, the who got themselves off the block, who whatever, like I'm mixing metaphors of shows I don't even watch. But like, you know, the, TJ in term, if TJ is the jury, Chris did all of his work in front of the jury as yep. he did in Survivor. <laughs> yep. He did all the redemption challenges, the edge of extinction stuff. He did it all right in front of him. And we talked about Desi um, and, and I'm thrilled to see Desi. I'd love to see Desi make the jump to challenge proper. Um, you hate Desi. So I guess that's not how you feel. Correct. <laughs> it is. It is cool to see. I mean, this is um, we got some, like a more survivor winners. Um, we had Sarah, obviously uh, in USA one. Um, Dan, Dan, Danny won, right? Yep. Danny won USA one. Yeah. So the both So survivor winners are four for four on uh challenge usa yeah survivor's the best show on television big brother sucks like of course like of course survivors are gonna beat big brother and amazing racers in a physical and social challenge obviously duh Mm -hmm. i thought you'd like really come at me because you're such a big brother no no i thought i mean i totally agree with you (laughs) i mean i think the people maybe not so much anymore but i feel like the people they typically would cast for survivor would and that would do well and go on far in the game would usually be have to be more like physically strong people than like necessarily a big brother. So it would make sense that those people would translate more to the challenge. Wow. Brian out here hating on the fact that survivor doesn't catch as many cast as many actors. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it used to be that survivor casted hot people. Wow. Okay. Um, all right. I promise you this would be 30 minutes and it's been over an hour, but I've no, had a good great. time. Full discussion. Full discussion. <laughs> 
USA two with the Bucks. A good time was had by all. Oh, do you think well, we will see a season three? Is this franchise here to stay? <laughs> Ask Tori. Do me a favor. I think Tori knows more. Like, I don't know what is the plan. I think you do. You, well, let me put it back to you. Do you still think there's a chance that they're going to move to CBS full time and, and abandon the MTV show? No, I think that was a fleeting thought at one moment. Welcome back. Yeah, I, I think the, I think the three franchises are maybe like I think if I had to bet, I would say All Stars at this point is the one on the flimsiest ground to be coming back for another season. And I think uh, MTV Challenge, CBS Challenge, as like the two co-running franchises, would be the more long-lasting ones. Yeah, I don't see why. They would like, I don't understand anything about television, so I don't understand why they get rid of all stars, but they have, I don't know why you would just not put out footage that you have, but respect. Um, I don't know why they would cancel this. Frankly, I don't know what the the viewership has been like, although I think it's high because just like people watch whatever on CBS, but um you still have all the feeder shows. They haven't been canceled. It's not like mm-hmm. it's a real world road rule situation. So like, and now you've introduced veterans from MTV and that's been successful. So I don't know why you wouldn't keep with it. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know anything. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Uh, thank you to weasel. Oh, two, one, nine pants for the five-star review. New, new listener. Preach. Ooh, love it. And thanks to everyone for listening this season and hopefully staying with us as we immediately transition into coverage of Challenge Season 39. Yes, no no, uh, no rest for the wicked. Technically, 39 started uh, a day before USA 2 even ended. So uh, we are wrapping <laughs> this up. And there will also be a ch- uh, the episode zero to talk about a lot of basically new faces in the challenge world maybe like one-time faces that i'm sure people are like me not gonna remember who they are so uh important discussions to be had there but again challenge USA too congrats to uh to chris and desi you can subscribe to the well, wait really the quick challenge plug. Feed. please please plug quick plug for click for click plug quick plug <laughs> quick plug for the preview first of all we're about to record it so it's going to be even more heinous and horrible <laughs> I guess you think we couldn't talk now Ooh, as we enter we're, we're gonna it's, it's the wee hours of the Friday wee hours. morning um, so that's gonna be great also I've got a quiz for Brian so I hope he didn't look that deep into one of the oh contestants boy. in particular um, and I think it's very accessible if you're only listening to the challenge USA watching challenge USA because you're a big brother survivor amazing race stan this is the best time to get into the challenge proper because it's basically all new people not all but almost all new people and a lot of these people i'm realizing from like world champions right we you and i brian didn't watch their like underlying season and didn't even know like what shows they originated from so we're gonna be talking about all of that in the episode zero coverage but even if you don't listen to that I think this is the most accessible, like the most accessible the challenge has ever been. I completely agree. And I think even if you 
even for any of the background knowledge you need to know about these people, you're going to get it in episode zero. And I'm sure you're going to get even more so in episode one. So come episode two, you're going to be as caught up on these people as basically we are. So there is no long lasting history. There's no two decade long experience with any of these people. There's at, for the most people, it's one season. So even if you wanted to like learn the history and you got really into it, you can like binge season 37 and 38 and you'd be caught up to the guests of 39. It, it, I think that's why I got so excited about digging into these people is that it's, I mean, we've watched the show, but it's not insurmountable to catch up. So like, and it's also irrelevant and that's, that's exciting. Like I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this. Yes, absolutely. And you could catch it all by subscribing at Rob as website.com slash challenge feed. You follow me on Twitter and TikTok at Cone Brian underscore, and they can follow you. It always sounds like you can follow me on Twitter at TikTok. Um, you can follow me at Lash Tweets. Uh, no NGOG this week because of my schedule. Um, not Akiva's fault. Uh, but we we had two episodes in the last two weeks, so that's like more than we've had in six months. So like, catch it there. Anchor.fm slash new girl old guy. Hopefully, we'll be able to find some time next week. Love it. All right. That's it for Challenge USA 2. That's not it for us. Challenge 39 kicking off. Switch over to that one. And we'll be back all season long for Challenge 39. Until then, have a good one. Bye.